You good? All good? Ready to roll? Good morning. How are you? Oh, stupid. You got a little sun, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Was that from the nephew's ball game? Oh, oh, okay. Plural. <laughs> ball games. That's sneaky, son. You just never know when it might start attacking you again. How's, uh, oh, welcome into the Plank Show. I guess we're on the air. Let's roll. It is a Thursday edition, a little different being in studio on a Thursday, but we're here. Let's go. I, uh, fully immersed myself. Last night's a perfect sports night, like time wise. Time wise. Perfect. Unless you're a hockey fan, right? Where the Golden Knights and Edmonton Oilers went a little bit late. Congratulations to your Golden Knights. No big deal. 6 4 win. I was trying to watch it while, I mean, let's just be honest. For some reason, I broke out the Xbox One and started playing Madden last night. Nice. Yeah, Madden. I'm proud of you, man. It was, it was a long time ago, too. There was there was some kinks to work out. We got to get you a PS5 or an Xbox X. Is there? Oh, I would I, prefer if you got a PS5, then we can play online. Is is there no Xbox One anymore? Am I really behind the times? Well, I mean, there is still that, but it's, okay. it's not the new Xbox. Is it going to become a point where none of my Xbox One games are going to work anymore? Or they're no, not? They're going to no, stop no, making no. Xbox One. Okay. Well, they probably yeah. I've already stopped making games. Yeah, I, I went a little video game last night. No, sorry, not sorry. But so I, because the Warrior, excuse me, the Celtics. Sixers game was done. You're like, well, I, mean, I guess I don't have to watch. <laughs> let's, yeah, exactly. That's a blowout. There's nothing else going. I get. I was going to bed, and I was like, ah, had a little prep to do for OU and OSU and Bedlam this weekend. So I sat down and and knocked some of that out and started watching that Edmonton Vegas game, and then I got sucked in. So after I knocked out some of that prep, I. I was like, ah, you know what? Nothing better to do with a hockey game on than pop on the Xbox. So I'm watching that game, and I literally feel like I'm, I kind of stopped paying attention to it for about 20 seconds, and it went from being like a 3-3 game to a 5-3 game. And I was like – Well, Edmonton tied it up. Right. And then Vegas scored two goals back-to-back okay. back in like, I don't know, maybe three minutes of ice time. Okay. I mean, because – Legit, I felt like I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't. What just happened? How did that happen so quickly? Yeah, it was three three, and then they scored within thirty, twenty four, thirty. Yeah, a minute, fifty eight seconds of each other. Okay, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, I knew it was like in a, the blink of an eye. Anyway, I, I, that's what sucked me in last night. So then I'm up watching that. Then I gotta, then I gotta stay up and. Watch old episodes of Unsolved Mysteries on Pluto TV. It was quite the night, man. <laughs> that is good, yeah. 21-year-old 20, Chris Plank would be so disappointed with 48-year-old Chris Plank. It's like, bro, what happened to you? You're playing video games at 48. You're watching hockey. There's a team called the Vegas Knights? I don't know. 21-year-old, 28 Plank uh, might be like, oh, this is pretty cool. Right, pretty cool, man. You're playing video games? I told you guys I wouldn't change. You drinking? <laughs> Like no, we're not drinking. We get we get uh all right, well, can't have we get all. this indigestion thing when we try to drink bit what? So I, I did I did a little digging last night because I didn't like the direction that we went. Well, I let me rephrase that. I loved the show yesterday. I hate it whenever a conversation becomes demeaning towards one part of an entity whenever the sole purpose was trying to figure out you know, what's going on with this other side of things. For instance, if you missed yesterday's show, the 
the rumor mill was going crazy with the Colorado kid and and his potential transfer to Oklahoma. Now there's a crystal ball in, by the way. For him to go to Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, there's the Keon Coleman conversation, and it led to a, okay, well, what's – What's going on in the receiver room? Is this a, a did Emma Jones get in here and not like what he saw? Is someone getting ready to leave? And the show then became well, and, and Frisco Sooner didn't, I think, mean it this way, but he sent one of those texts that you look at, you're like, man, that's terrible. But this is content gold. <laughs> this is what it was. It's gold, Jay. I, I, can't, I do not agree with this at all, but man, this is content and gold. Uh anyway, I uh I dug a little bit more because I just wanted to see. It, it, Frisco Sooner's point was: this isn't a receiver problem. This is a Dylan Gabriel problem. This is a quarterback problem. And I know I'm I, I'm not trying to single out Frisco, but hit receivers in stride. Yeah, he was like he he's not hitting them when they need to be thrown to. Then you set set up a fight with a handful of anti eights, uh, as I call them, and then the the whole other world. That is usually universally on the side of, hey, let's go. We need to get a better looking receiver room here and more experience, more depth. Now, that's all the precursor from yesterday. What we've learned in the last, what, 24 hours, Josh, is, and you found this, and I heard Carrie and Eddie and Josh talking about it. Maybe there's a little bit more clarity why Oklahoma has been so aggressive in the portal. Maybe one of the guys that we think, is set to join the roster in 23, might not be in a position where he can. Yeah, you you want me to just say it? Well, Keon Brown, right? I don't really know if there's much mystery to it or not. I think it's all over, and, and I apologize. I didn't get to listen to Locked In or Teddy and Tyler yesterday, so if they talked about it, my bad guys, I'll give you all the credit. But the first place I heard it was a text that you sent me. Yeah. From where was that? What was that? <laughs> Some... It was our comments section from the YouTube page. Was it really? And and you guys were you guys doing locked in last night? Or, oh yeah, yeah, we taped last night. Do you guys do a show every night? Every your team every day. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Monday through Friday. Yeah, we, oh, okay. we we don't uh, every once in a while on the weekends. So this 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 person said Brown, the wide receiver, has been ineligible for now. He might go JUCO. And then there was like four comments like, "Are you sure?" And somebody else was like, "Well, he might be, but I don't know that it's official." I I want to. I want to play what McQuistian said. I'm yeah. Just, I'm just waiting. I want to make sure. I don't want to make – we're in the middle of a big kind of battle right now, and I don't want to make any of the guys mad at me, so I just want to make sure I'm not illegally repurposing what they're talking about. But I thought it was really good what Josh said, and I'll paraphrase it real quick. Josh, un, unofficial 40 pod, um, Soonerscoop.com, just Josh McQuistian. Uh, he said – Of the On3 network. Of the On3 network, right. <laughs> I still, I'm laughing. I'm still, every so often, I laugh about how on Monday I'm like, is this really that big of a deal? And then I, and you're explaining it to me, telling me how big of a deal it is. I'm like, well, if I go to Italy Insider, I still get Parker. If I go to Sooner Scoop, I still get Carrie. What's going on here? And then I got in my car and I listened to Parker and Steely talk about it. And then oh, I people yeah. asking me about it the rest of the day. And I'm like, <laughs> ask the subscribers if it's a big deal. Okay. So anyway, back to the point. Uh, Eddie gave him a scale of one to five, the concern level. Now, I want to make this very clear. This is not – I always want to clarify. I'm not saying this from any official position, and Oklahoma hasn't talked about it. This is uh, Plank and Josh, the radio guys, talking about an unsubstantiated rumor 
but having enough, I guess you could say, evidence to back up the fact that, hey, there might be something to this. So Eddie asked uh, Josh, concern level one to five, and Josh put it out of three. So to me, that makes a little bit more sense as to why you might be in a situation that a receiver is a bigger deal than maybe we even realize because maybe those numbers are going to be askew if so and, and I got to be honest with you guys I mean I I was racking my brain I can't remember the last player that this was a topic about I mean I, and that's not a knock on the Cam Brown or anyone coming in it's just I'm sure it's been there and I'm sure there's been times where you're sweating if the the grades or the the paperwork or mm-hmm. whatever is going to get to where it needs to get to but to me man I was I was whoa I don't remember this Wait, is this a prop 48 conversation <laughs> remember that gosh back in the days of prop 48 back in the days of do we still gray shirt anymore but point being that makes a little bit more sense, Josh, as to why we might be in a situation that you see the – and I don't know why I'm blanking by the – Gray shirt, you come in and don't have the scholarship until the next semester. Is that right? That's right. Now, you're essentially a walk-on, but you're getting a scholarship. And you're – You don't count toward the 85 right. initially. And and I, I – correct me if I'm wrong. But I, think <laughs> I know I know Iowa's done that recently. I was like, yeah. well, what is a gray I, shirt? I, I, think they've, I think they've tried to crack down on that. Which – and speaking of sidebars – how can you kick a guy off the football team, essentially, and he keeps his scholarship with the skew, but yet that doesn't count against your scholarship count? How is that even possible? How is that? That's and, – and it's great, but it's – I think it's – you know, honestly, it's just to protect the, the kid. Okay. But, but I'm with you. I mean – you signed the kid. Exactly. Exactly. That's the whole thing with Deion Sanders. Everyone is everyone is saying, oh, well, it's good that, you know, the university still still honors it. I'm like, well, I, shouldn't that count against their scholarship numbers? Anyway, back to the point. So we haven't had a saga like this in a while. And I'm going to paraphrase, and I'm going to make sure Carrie is okay with me, me playing the audio. But um, basically there's a few tests that Keon has to finish up, but they don't really have a good idea of what that's going to look like. So, again, this isn't – this is not, some rumor, some hearsay, but also it seems to be founded in a concern based on a couple of pieces of evidence, including one of the top guys who covers recruiting talking about it, including – what was this guy's screen name? Hold on. Let's, yeah, let's let's give proper credit. Uh, oh, it does uh, – Mars Jams 2 on the <laughs> – yeah, thank you, Mars Jams. <laughs> Thanks, Mars Jams. And then just kind of trying to – Information from outer space. All right, there, there's another side to this before we, we take our initial time out on the Plank Show. If I'm understanding the scholarship numbers correctly, then Oklahoma is in a position where it seems like they're they're a little heavy, maybe by one or two right now. So then you could also theorize, if you would like, because, hey, welcome to the home of Sooner fans. We talk OU football 24-7, 365. You could also theorize, Josh Helmer, that maybe you're in a, a situation where there's a couple of other portal entries that we just haven't heard about yet. And I know my natural reaction to that would be, 
the portal's closed. Agreed, yeah. But from a grad transfer to a someone that's had their name in and they're still processing the paperwork, you know, usually I feel like the guys that are in that position where they had submitted it by now, they're going to let you know on social media, hey, thanks for the love, I'm in the portal. Or if you're like Hunter Dickinson, you're going to take eight years to go through your process of getting recruited only to post a goodbye farewell note for the third time to Michigan. But i tell you something. Oh, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. A couple years ago, we did have that in the backfield. There you go. Uh, and someone says Parker talked about this uh, a month ago. Oh, you thinks he can qualify as of right now, but he's not. Yeah. So And so maybe that makes a little bit more sense, Josh. From the perspective of what you're what you're trying to do with a receiver position and where you are as far as the numbers are concerned, from a numbers perspective, yeah, it, it would uh, add up as a little bit of insurance. And again, it could be plank. Good player. Let's go get a good player. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we sit here and it can be a little bit of everything and yet the overriding factor could be let's go get this let's go make this team better yeah hey i think this guy's really good now i think i'm i'm guilty of this too that then you find yourself falling into a situation that every single time there's any what you perceive as decent player in the portal <laughs> let's go get so him go get that guy let's go get him <laughs> <laughs> but that's not always the case i'm very guilty of that <laughs> they had a who was the Michigan State quarterback that was in there with their – Peyton Thorne. Yeah, Peyton Thorne. I'm like, ah, you know, Peyton Thorne. Be nice backup. Right, which, by the way, again, this is my reminder to you that I'm guilty of this, but none of these guys at other Power 5 schools are going into the portal to be a backup. They're going into the portal because they think they can go somewhere else and start. Correct. Spencer Sanders didn't go to Ole Miss to back up Jackson Dart. He went to Ole Miss because he thought he could start and apparently was balling in the spring game. Uh, there and I guess there's what two, two kind of targets right now. One of those Auburn where people think that all right, I can I can go there and maybe have a chance to start. I don't know why I'm blanking on the other, but yeah, I mean, so Auburn, the revolving door of quarterbacks. Holy smoke! You and can always go to Auburn and start. Not only the revolving door, but have missed apparently on so many in the portal, which is a little bit weird with Hugh Freeze there. So at nine eighteen on the Plank Show, I hope. I hope that helps solve the mystery, or not even really the mystery, better understand the process in maybe over-covering or over-committing to wider receivers out of the portal. I mean, different layers there, different ways to look at. Either just go get a good player, either worried about Keon Brown, either worried about someone else in that room leaving, or just worried about overall depth slash quality proven depth. Four to five different prongs on that, and I think maybe you know it's somewhere in the middle of all of them. Because I'm honest with you, I'm pretty excited about Keon Brown. <laughs> From everything we had heard, I'm, I'm really, still pretty excited. I'm, I'm pretty excited about Keon Brown. I want to see him end up getting an opportunity. All right, so quick break. It's nine nineteen. When we come back, with the big stories from last night, take our first look of the text line brought to you by Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. It's a plank show right here on the Ref. All right, welcome back into the plank show on the Ref. Can I just can I tell you a secret real quick? You may. There's nothing that brings me more joy than being in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio because I get to hang out with you. I can see your smiling face. It is nice. And number two, 
Uh, Steelman leaves his ESPN Plus logged in so I can get all this exclusive content because <laughs> I have a little bit of an issue with my ESPN Plus account, and they have a mock draft up for 2024. Thank you, Steely. They have the um. You you want to take any guess as to who their projected first pick of next year's draft is? I mean, yeah, it's Caleb Williams. That's right. That is correct. It's amazing, though. Everywhere you look, Quinn, yours is really, really high. Let's see what they have old Quinn on this one. They definitely are putting too much stock. I, this is my favorite thing about future, like, 2024 mock drafts when the drafters finish in 23, is, is trying to project where teams are going to pick. I did uh, – I was I was at Barnes & Noble yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I love Barnes & Noble. And – Anyways, I was like, all right, let's go look at the magazine section. Maybe there's something I can glean over here for a story idea. <laughs> Flipped over the Athlon Sports NFL Draft magazine. Uh-huh. And this was published, keep right. in mind, after the uh, Super Bowl itself. I don't know what I, – I was digging – I was like, when was this published? And lo and behold, they've got <laughs> got one of the Iowa offensive linemen is like the 33rd overall pick. No Cooper DeGene, who is uh, right. clearly their best defensive player. They did have uh, – who did they have from Oklahoma in the top 50? Stutzman? No. Whoa. Was it a defensive? Well, this was for players in the 2024 draft. Huh. Their initial top 50. Well, he doesn't. And it looked terrible. He doesn't have. McShay doesn't have. What's Mullet Boy's name? Quinn Ewers. He doesn't have Quinn Ewers in the first round. He does have J.J. McCarthy going in the first round. I've seen McCarthy's name toward the top of boards. Basically, if you're a quarterback that's done anything sort of positive at a big school, they've got you in the top 25 somewhere. Yeah, usually they do. But st- thank you, Steelman. This has made my day. Oh, here's my personal favorite of this mock draft. Not only are they are they projecting Josh Helmer where the teams are going to pick in this mythical season that hasn't even happened yet, but Todd McShay has gone as far as as projecting where. Where the trades will happen in the first round of this draft, including a projected trade with the top pick. What are we doing right now, people? What okay. are we doing? Defensive player. Oh, you found it. Okay. For Oklahoma. All right. This is someone that would 48th be. 48th overall. And it's not Stutzman. It is not. Woody Washington? It is not Woody. Who, am I leaving out someone just obvious? I'm going to be mad whenever you name it? I kind of think so, yeah. Okay, who Defensive is? back. Defensive back. I can only think of Woody and Bowman. That's that's who it is. Oh, it's Billy. Okay. Well, I didn't mention Billy, did I? No. You think Billy Bowman is a pro? Billy Bowman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I could I could see him. I mean, he needs a good season, right? I, I don't. Uh, I don't claim to be educated of like who I should have in the top fifty, but I don't know that he would be there yet. Let me let me look here. Let me look here. I've checked some measurables on old Billy Bowman, but. You know what it was sad to me, and I noticed this the other day whenever they were showing some draft highlights. I felt like every Quentin Johnston highlight showed him making a, a catch, a competitive catch on Billy Bowman, <laughs> yeah. and then watching Justin Broyles try to chase him down. You're like, oh gosh, um, here goes the tape again. All right, so let's let's see here, Billy Bowman, top forty. Who was this again? This was Athlon Sports. Okay, five ten up to. Top 50. He was 48th. So that'd be a second rounder. Second round pick, yeah. I mean, Woody, 5'10", 194. 
I mean, he's going to have to have a great season. Right. What's the average height weight of a of a safety in the NFL? Oh, it's got to be, yeah. I mean, every bit of 6162, right? Yeah. In conclusion, the average size of an NFL player is 62245. And let's see here, according to Horton HortonBarbell.com. Horton Barbell? <laughs> uh, the average height of NFL safeties is uh, six foot. So you'd be okay. right. And the average right. weight would be 203. So you okay. The lightest safety in the league is 174 uh, at 5'8. The tallest safety in the league is 6'4 at 230. Okay. So it'd be in that range. I'd buy it. Xavier Worthy, 16th. How high did they have viewers, or did they? They had him 19th, so a little bit below that. And let's see, who else can I share that you might be interested in? Mario Williams, 29th. Does that do anything for you? I just guess I missed the boat on Mario Williams, man. I did not think he was all that impressive. I really. Uh, Here's a good question. Since we're on this, since we're on this from the 405, Guys, for next year, is the OU streak of four draft picks in the same draft safe? That's a dang good question. I'd have uh, who who would be? What's well, our list of how about, how about, eligible let, players? Let, let me throw a few out there, and you tell me if you think that they would get picked. And it kind of depends on if they're going to go too. Correct. Dylan Gabriel. I would say that's going to be a very, very late pick, maybe. Right, it's still a pick, though. You need four. I would say no. Right You'd now, say no? Okay. Right now, today, I'd say no. Not everyone not everyone get pick, gets picked in the NFL draft. But, you know, you're talking, let's see, what's our streak? Four. He's a quarterback, though, and everybody's looking for, hey, let's just bring a backup in. Yeah, exactly. Late and, sixth, seventh round. And, and let's, let's just throw this out there. They're, the run on quarterbacks this year – Came pretty early, right? Came in the third round, fourth round, and it didn't really seem as if height and weight mattered. The Sooners are the only program with at least four players drafted each of the last 16 years. So right now, I'm just I'm going to throw a laundry list of players. This is an unplanned segment, thanks to Steely leaving his ESPN Plus up in studio. All right, that's number one. Dylan Gabriel, you would say as of right now, probably not? I'm not confident saying yes, so okay. I'm, I'm going to lean no. Woody Williams. Woody Washington? God. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Damn it! Do you know how hard I work on that? Because it became a thing last year during the broadcast, and it was Teddy's fault because he put it in my head. <laughs> because of Roy Williams? Why does he? Uh, no, there's he... A, there was an old linebacker named Woody Williams. <laughs> okay. And, for, and never played. He was like a Jets linebacker. The All right. Anguish, Woody Washington. The anguish on Plank's face. Oh, you guys have no idea. I, I mean, that made me so mad. I literally just hit my computer. I'm I, going to say yes. Okay. I, I do think he'll get drafted. All right. So, so there's just – I'll just do a few here. So, Woody Williams, you would say yes. <laughs> Woody Washington. Did I say it again? Yeah. I'm done. I'm quitting the show. <laughs> uh, what about Jalil Farouk? Yeah, yeah, he'll be drafted. Now, and keep in mind, let, let's back up just one second on Farouk. <laughs> I can't screw up Jalil Farouk. I can just forget his name. Would that be a guy that might even be a candidate for an early entry? Because he's only a junior, so he would have another year or maybe two of eligibility if he wants it. 
if it's a if it's a really good season, I think he'll probably go. You know who scouts are? Well, I shouldn't say scouts, but you know who mock drafters love to project getting drafted for the Sooners? Andrew Rame. He is he has been projected by I, well, I mean, my buddy Luke Easterling over at usatoday.com in his way too early 23 mock drafts had Rame as a second round pick. So, you know, depending on if he comes out. But as far as just slam dunk dudes, it, if we're sitting here on May the 4th of 2023. Be with you. Happy birthday to show contributor Steve Braun, Grant Wade, and our buddy um, Evan. But if you're just saying, yeah, those guys are definite first round or at least draftable commodities going into the season. Now, Woody Washington, as far as players who have exhausted their eligibility after this season, a guy like Trace Ford might be interesting. Um, or yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on Bothroyd. For Ford, does he stay healthy? How productive is he? If it's check, check, then yeah, he's going to have a chance. Mm-hmm. Bothroyd, I would imagine. Okay, let me. I'll give you one more. I'll give you. I was just scrolling through here and I saw this name. What about Key Lawrence? Oh, I think absolutely. There's a chance. Has the measurable six one two thirteen. Was injured a lot last season. Maybe struggled with some things on the defense. If he, if he gets an invite and test well, or pro day goes really really good, and this is him not even necessarily earning starting snaps here because of some of the the plays that he has made at Oklahoma. And, again, every GM saying, hey, we can make it work. Right. Yeah, I'd say there's a chance, yes. Safe, writes the, uh, let's see here, 918. Bowman, Stutzman, Guyton, Farouk, possible Washington, Stogner, Gabriel. Well, here's what I would, that's seven, but here's what I would say. I would say – Bowman, Stutzman, Guyton, and Farouk would be the possibles because, again, those might be dudes that say, I want to enhance my stock. I want to get – right, and they could come back. Woody, Stogner, and Gabriel um, are the guys that really you would need to get drafted to ensure that if some of those dudes go back, that streak stays alive. Uh, And on a sidebar, just a quick little – That's an amazing streak. Right. Do people really – Grasp up because with what Alabama and Georgia have done the last few years, has anyone accepted just how incredible that is? Oh, it's to have at least four players drafted in only a seven round draft. Yeah, that's that's remarkable. But I, For I 16 years that's crazy. Um, I mean, I just I don't even know if you could step back and now listen, Alabama and Georgia have started incredible streaks during this run of guys going in the first round and the number of players that have been drafted and that's fine. First but, three rounds. But just that consistency, pretty incredible. Great question. Great, great question when talking twenty four mock drafts. All right. Um there's a couple of other names that are being brought up in the portal for Oklahoma. We'll hit those next. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. That's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet uh, Chevrolet text line. Eric Bailey is coming up with us at ten a.m. to talk a little Sooner softball uh, in advance of this weekend's Bedlam game. And Eric's been covering some of the roster moves too over at TulsaWorld.com. Also, um, I I'm pretty excited to be honest with you to dive into softball from last night. 
So we're going to talk all things what was an absolute shocking night in non-conference play in the final midweek games of 2023 next right here on The Ref. Someone asked a really good question that I think we just need to clarify. And I was I was laughing because as I went to as we went to break, I'm like, you want to trigger an OU fan, at least a faction of the fan base? Read that very first text message we just got, which was doesn't Gabriel still have another year of eligibility as well? Oh, man. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I don't know. Does no, he? I don't think he does. Isn't this it? Yeah, this is it. He was 2019 was his first year of college at UCF, and he played in all four, uh, all 13 games. Uh, 2020, uh, 2020, he started all 10 games that they played. 2021, he started the first three games before sustaining a season-ending injury. So I guess maybe they could say, well, that third year, you know, that he would have. Then, of course, last year at OU. But to me, this is I, – I think this is it. I think this is the COVID year. I don't know necessarily that he truly redshirted in 21. Though, by that, I mean, you could say that – He could probably apply for a medical He could redshirt. probably apply for a medical redshirt if he wanted to. I am not so quick to dismiss that. Great question. I mean, it's just it was a fun little practice, right? Then we'll have a full fledged quarterback uh, controversy next spring. Can Spencer? Sp- <laughs> I gotta stop having the text line up during the show. Can Spencer Sanders still portal in for next year, though? No, Sanders has exhausted his eligibility. I don't after this season. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I I don't know, I, and and I would have to ask the people like. Uh, Parker that would know, but you would assume this is his fifth year playing college football. Yeah, it's got to be over soon. I mean, he, he played in 19, 20, 21, and 22. <laughs> that so Oregon this, State game where he first played feels like it was yeah. like 14 years ago. Right, and again, like I said, 21, he played three games, so technically he didn't play that fourth, so he would have that red shirt, but does that mean that you get a, your, your red shirt year and the COVID year if you want it? So are using one of them here, and then you would have an extra one next year? And would he truly be Van Wilder if that were <laughs> oh, the case? Oh, I mean, if that happens, yeah. I mean, hell, he's listed as a graduate student, so, I mean, I don't really know how much more you could truly add. Um, Got a good piece of advice from somebody. Yeah, <laughs> Stay in college as long as you oh can. Oh, gosh. It's already 44. Where did this show go? Uh, question. This is off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Just to, uh, I'll close it down and get back to life here in a second. Is this the last year COVID-related that you can sign massive portal classes as well as high school recruits? What is the number going forward? Well, there, what is 25, I think, is is what that overall number is. But let me dig a little bit to make sure. Because, I again, speaking of, we can't even figure out how many years of eligibility that Dylan Gabriel has left. This would be here's, – here's the way I've looked at it always from a softball perspective. Next season is the last season that Oklahoma softball will have a group of players that have an extra year of eligibility. Next season is that last year. So after next year, it's back to normal. Because you would have – and so that's made it real easy for me to understand, right? Kinsey Hansen should be a senior. Nicole May 
should be a senior, right? Um, but they had that COVID year, and it kind of – well, I guess May wouldn't be in that group, right, because she was in the class with Jada Coleman. So they're in the – hey, they're four years. So Hanson was in that group. You know, you could go through a laundry list of some of the other players. Kinsey's the one that stands out to me. And so once they play next year, that's their final year. And, oh, by the way, for the class that came in for that 21 season, Jada, T.R.A. Jennings, um, that's their final year as well. So, yeah, that's where we – that's where we are. But I don't know, man. I don't know what – I don't know how football teams – I know how basketball teams are. They just basically everyone leaves. But I don't know how they're managing that. I don't know what that challenge is like. It's got to be tough because of the massive amount of people that maybe want to take advantage of that other year. You get – you know, you can go start working on graduate degrees and things of that nature. You got your college paid for. So I don't really know how challenging that number is across the board. In college, in college football. Speaking of that, I did a couple of big stories. Number one, last night was the most confusing night I've ever seen in the world of the Pac-12 media rights deal. I've never been more perplexed, but yet it's so on brand for our three-prong, our three-part play. Every single time anything with the Pac-12 media rights deal comes up. Disaster is here. Right, disaster is here. Big 12's lurking, they want to bring him in, and then everything is fine. Though this was the fastest we ever worked through all three parts. I think it was like 30 seconds, right? So I don't remember. Like, who all was. right, everybody know your roles? <laughs> all right, you got it? And break. Let's see how quickly we can – let's see how quickly we can – Your marker, you the ready? Noise. Let's see how quickly we can get this thing pushed through the news cycle. All right, here we go. What's it? I think it was Dennis Dodd. Boom. ESPN is out of the Pac-12 negotiations. Out. As the primary provider. Boom. Big 12, ready to pounce. Boom. ESPN's back in. ESPN's not out. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never seen it work faster in my life. And, and I think we all, we all see through this and realize what's going on, right? And the ESPN people of the world are trying to get the best deal they can. And anytime there is some sort of hedge, you know, the Big 12 leaks, the people that – send information to the quote-unquote insiders, they know the presidents and the ADs are on Twitter and they want them to get a little bit nervous about what that Pac-12 deal is going to look like because reportedly they're going to make more money if they get a Power 5 school to join the league. But my goodness, man, I I do not envy George Klivkoff. My man is having to – you ever watch the old Looney Tunes – where there would be a dam and there would be a leak that springs oh, in the yeah, dam. Oh, yeah, just one little leak. And they, and they'd put one finger in one and the and next then thing. And there's another there's one. There's another one. You put your finger up there. Then the next thing you know, you got your tail. You know, That's literally George Klivkoff when he's trying to just put out different fires and, that are and going And might on. we also point out, the dam does eventually break in Looney Tunes. Right. Now, if you want to use that philosophy in life, you can use it. Take it. The other, the other story that – oh, anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, we're, we're going to go more in depth Do you think later. this is the time where you call Oregon and, and Washington and say, hey, how do you guys feel about playing in Mexico City? I don't know why. I don't know why you <laughs> haven't yet. But here's the thing to me. I do not know Josh Helmer. I do not know what to make of all of these different stories coming out about what the Big 12 wants to do. I, I, I kind of dig it, but then I'm also a bit – a little bit curious. You know, I've always kind of applied to the theory that if the NFL has done it, it's probably pretty good business. So trying to put events in Mexico, 
all right, well, the NFL did it, but it's also the NFL and not the Kansas State Wildcats. It's also the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, that's a bad example. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's also, at least in Mexico, it's also the San Francisco 49ers, and it's, and it's not the TCU Horned Frogs. You know, it's known brands. And then this whole idea of trying to mic up coaches during the game for their TV partners. Good luck. <laughs> if you get a coach mic'd up, I'll just bow to you and say, hey, well done, because that is the most secretive world that you could possibly live in. And if they're going to open that door, then more power to you. Worked out great for Rory at the Masters. It, yeah, exactly. See? It ruined Rory's Masters. But those are a couple of stories that, that I've been following over the last 24 hours. Perplexed, confused, trying to figure out what's next in conference realignment. I'll have more on this story about access to coaches during games next on the ref. So here, here's the update to the question off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And it was a really good question. I just wanted to make sure we had all the proper information. So they waived the annual signing and initial counter limits for the 22-23 and 23-24 academic years, which allowed schools to provide aid based on the overall roster limit of 85 football scholarships. And basically, just to nerd out on this for a second, that one-time transfer rule, the extra year of eligibility due to COVID, has meant more players in the portal, some roster concerns, um, and also no increase in available roster spots for potential destinations. Because the rule capped the initial counters in each class at 25 players per year. Previously, there was no way for a program to add players if they had already signed the maximum number of players for that class. So, for next next year is that final year. And we'll see exactly how it affects certain teams. Now, if you have – it was my understanding that initially the rule, you could – if you had eight departures, you could add eight, eight right. arrivals. If you had 12 – now, was it only up to eight that you could add, or did if, they change that? They, they said if more than 25 players left the team in a given year through the graduation, transfer portal, NFL opportunities, or any other reason, schools still could only add as many as 25 players. Any scholarship that was left over after a school signed 25 players went unused unless it was given to a walk-on, meaning it would not cycle out and be able to be reissued until the departing player would have exhausted their eligibility. So I don't know if there was like – See, I, that just doesn't even make any sense. It's too many numbers. The NCAA temporarily increased that limit to 32 in September, um, a couple Septembers ago. And, and, and they're going to have to stick with that. Yeah, I, it's just the way that it is. The NCAA through the next – and this goes into next, I guess, this cycle, 23-24 then, right? Um. The NCAA is allowing a school to add as many players as it needs in any given class, provided it never crosses the 85 scholarship limit. Which, by the way, some teams are over, and some teams are scratching and clawing still to get to. The 25 scholarship rule was put in place in 2011. After coaches began adding significant numbers of players each season, it never addressed the situation in which coaches who were working at a deficit would be able to bounce back. 
Which again, this rule is kicking in right when Dion's kicking everyone off the team. <laughs> right. You know, he's you. I, I, I'm sure he has people in his ear to lay that out to him. He has to. But if you're like, hey, you might want to add a hundred players. Right. Uh, if you you want to bring the new furniture in, I understand it. But what if it's like, yeah, man, you you only got room for one chair, one chair. <laughs> well, I need a couch and I need a TV. No, I thought we were getting the chase. One chair. That's all you get. One chair. Sectional with the chase. So I, I hope that either clarified it or makes it even more confusing. But yes, to the original texter from the 918. Game on, baby. You were right. That rule, I guess you could say that amendment expires at the end of the 24 season. I can't wait to see what that does as far as roster management is concerned. There's going to be a ton of teams that don't have 85 players. Eric Bailey's next.